Hi everyone, this is Cross-Functional and Friendly. Teamwork is hard and cross-functional teamwork is even harder. Sometimes it can feel like every function has its own language. Stella, Kristen, and I had the pleasure of working together at Trello and experienced firsthand the magic that can happen when product, sales, and marketing are aligned and speak the same language. Between the three of us, we've worked with companies of all sizes, from startups to multinationals, private to public, some successful and some not so successful. There's no formula for success, but we'll share some of the things we've learned about cross-functional teamwork, and hopefully our experiences can help you too. Tune in to learn more about product, marketing, sales, and how these disciplines can work together to create great teams and successful businesses. I'll do a quick intro. I'm Nikita Miller. I'm currently SVP, Head of Product at The Knot Worldwide. Previously, I spent many years at Trello and Atlassian building productivity software and also in education technology from early stage startups to uh, multinational companies. I love product. I love building great product teams. And I'm so excited to be able to spend this time together with my friends and colleagues, Stella and Kristen. Stella? Hi, everybody. My name is Stella Garber, and I'm currently the founder of a startup that's in stealth mode. Um, You can find it at supersecret.co. Previous to that, I was the head of marketing at Trello, which was acquired by Atlassian, and I led um, marketing at Trello under that umbrella as well. I'm also a very active angel investor. I have invested in over 30, 32 uh, early stage, mostly technology companies, some consumer companies as well. And I am based out of Chicago. Kristen? Thanks. I'm just impressed you guys got supersecret.co. I know. It's our biggest accomplishment so far. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, awesome. I am Kristen Heback, and I am the sales voice on the podcast. And uh, I'm currently COO and president at Shogun. Previous to that, I also, shocker, was at Atlassian and Trello, was previous sales at Trello. I sit on a couple of boards. I do some advising stuff. I'm an LP in a couple of firms. Um, so I just, you know, like to, to dance around and do a little bit of everything. Today's podcast is all about first hires. This is a question each of us gets asked all the time by startup founders and operators in every stage. So we're going to explore what a first marketing sales and product hire should be. Obviously, this is going to vary a lot based on what the startup's actually doing and what the founder's backgrounds are. So we'll give some options that are based on our experience. Then we'll talk about how those early hires should interact with their cross-functional peers. And this is really critical for startups. If sales and marketing aren't aligned, things are going to get ugly really fast. Finally, we'll touch on best practices for that super critical first hire. All right, let's do it. Why don't we start with product? Nikita, who should that critical first product hire be? All right. So I think about um, hiring product managers all the time right now in my role. Um, And it really varies if you're hiring a PM for a startup or a more mature company. Right now, when I think about it, I'm often thinking about what are all the core competencies that we need to make up a really strong product organization. So you need leadership, obviously, collaboration, you need really strong data, research chops, user experience, execution, and there's so many things that really go into the product craft. But I really believe that that first hire at a startup probably needs a couple of those core things more than others. So one, leadership and influence, like can that person really collaborate and work well with others and influence others to build 
awesome things quickly. I think that's really important. And that's a lot around collaboration and communication. Someone that can consistently identify user needs, business needs, and build, 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 build to deliver outcomes. Uh, so, so those are the two things. So I'd say leadership and inspiration. So on the collaboration, communication front as well, and also really on execution. This gets a little tricky to me because often when you're at an early stage company, when you're at a startup, you expect that, and I think rightfully so, that the founders, like one of them really needs to be a product person also. I think it's always pretty dangerous when a product leader or the first product hire comes into a startup and they're expected to be the visionary and the only product person moving things forward. I think that's probably a red flag. If you're a startup, someone in that founding team I think also needs to have pretty strong product chops as well. When you hire this person is also really important. I think that the when, from my perspective, may be biased is sooner than later. Like I think you really need to do to hire someone that knows a bit a bit of the craft early on. So even though one of the founders might very well be a product person and probably should be, the turning all of that product thinking into deliverables and executing on it to get things to market quickly is something that founders might not have the best kind of experience or skill set for. So I think sooner is better than later. But it also means that sooner you're probably hiring a PM that isn't necessarily a seasoned product leader. It could be someone who's earlier in their careers, super hungry, really excited to learn, picks things up quickly, and is kind of just willing to do whatever is necessary, really. So I think that's the what should you be looking for? When should it be? I'd say sooner rather than later, because as a startup, you know, is moving quickly, the more hands you have. Honestly, sometimes it's better to execute on all the ideas that are going around. And then the other thing is, you know, what are some of the things probably to look out for? As I mentioned before, I think this first product hire should not be the keeper of the vision. I think that should really be with the founders and early stage startups. But you do need a product person that really understands the vision, right, and can help move it forward. So I think that's something to look out for, for both folks that are hiring and for PMs joining early stage companies. The other thing to look out for is, is product craft. And I know some product management folks might disagree with me on this one, but product craft is really important and there are processes for everything and frameworks. And I think all of those things are really valuable, especially as a team scales. But at the very beginning, I don't think it's something you should get stuck on too much. You're really looking for someone with a sense of urgency, a love for solving really hard problems, and the willingness to kind of try lots of solutions until you get to the right right answer. So that's my, my short hot take. Um, how about you, Kristen? What are you thinking for sales? Yeah, I mean, you know, same, right? Like it really depends on what stage the business is. And I think one of the one of the things that's really hard for people is that they get a little bit of traction and they're like, we need to bring in a VPA sales. And it's like, what are you solving for? Are you trying to actually just get like a first sales hire in the door? Are you looking for your first sales leader on the door? Are you looking for someone who can take the people and manage them? So let's let's assume at this point you have a couple of sales people and you really think what you need as a VP of sales. So what I normally recommend at that point is you find somebody who is maybe a director of sales now or a sales manager where they are now at a, maybe a larger company, but not so large. They're used to having a lot of things figured out for them, right? Like, you know, not somebody who's got a giant sales enablement infrastructure team around them and a sales ops team. And because that's going to be a real, a real challenge for them probably pivoting into that. So it's somebody who's done sales, a little bit of sales leadership, but it's still very close to the first sale themselves. And it's somebody who's not afraid to like 
get on calls and do the work themselves too. Because if you get someone too senior as your first leader in sales, you get people who all they want to do is set up the moat of infrastructure around them. It's like, well, the first thing I need is I'll need a sales manager and then I'll need an SCR manager. And and it's like not somebody who's actually going to like roll their sleeves and do the work. So that's usually my recommendation for, for who you should look for, right? When you should look for them. You know, I think you need to have a couple of reps who are hitting quota probably to be able to bring in somebody to actually be successful in this particular setup. I think that when you bring in a VP of sales where you actually have any salespeople, it's real challenging, you know, for a good VP to understand what's going on and what kind of team they're going to need to build. So kind of similar to how you said, like the co-founder, founder should be the first, you know, product, true product visionary. They should also sort of be the first salespeople for us to sort of understand, like, what's the motion mm-hmm. generally? Like, you know, who are you high level talking to and selling to? Um, so really your first VP of sales is hopefully one of your co-founders or founders. Um, so you, I would bring them in once a couple of the reps have started to hit quota. What should you look for? I think was the other, or what are some things to look out for? So I, the first thing I look out for is like, when they do a, like a 30, 60, 90 for you, do they just present an org structure? <laughs> like it's the very <laughs> first thing they're going to do is just recommend like a ton of hiring, right? Um, that's one of the first things I look for. I am always surprised by this. How many people will do a 30, 60, 90, you know, for a practical interview and not ask any like questions once they've mm-hmm. been given the prompt? They won't say like, what's your close rate? What's your quota attainment? What's your sales cycle? What's your, what are you trying to get it to? Like, how do you present an actual plan on what you're going to build going forward for the sales team if you don't have any fundamentals of what's going on? And yet it happens all the time, right? It's like somebody's mm-hmm. just like, I just got grit. I'm just going to get in. Phones and I got grit. It's like, yeah, grit is not necessarily what you need, at least when you started to figure out the scale. But you do need somebody who, you know, is going to get on the phone still. So it's that balance that you got to try and strike between those two. Um, I think that's 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 a big one. And I've I've got into a lot of founder conversations where they'll say like, our first salesperson was great. You know, it was, he was a hustler. Like he just had so much grit and it's like, okay, well, what are you looking for now? Well, we have 40 salespeople and none of them are hitting quota. And I think maybe he overbuilt the team. It's like, yes, you think maybe <laughs> yeah, there is no like process to the hiring or the quota planning or anything like that. So again, it really depends on what struck, what size we're talking about that the sales team is prone to, but you at least want somebody who's got a general sense of that. And so I look for that in a practical. I'll actually usually have like a sales leader do a sales, like a role play, like I would have an account executive do in the interview process. And I'll, I'll also have them do a 30, 60, 90 because you sort of need this person to be a little bit player coach, right? They got to be able to do both things or I'll have them listen to a recorded sales call and say, well, how would you have coached, you know, in this situation? What have you looked for? So those are some of the things I would say to to look out for, which is just the vagary of, I, you know, I crushed it at my last place and da, 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 that with no actual <laughs> specifics that get tied back to it. I already have a million questions for both of you. So maybe we can, uh, well, I guess we'll talk about it in the cross yeah. part, but marketing, a lot of hot takes here. Um, I have seen so many companies really struggle with their first marketing hire. It's something I get asked all the time. And honestly, the answer is that it really depends. Um, 
on a lot of things. I think, uh, Nikita, you mentioned that, you know, one of the founders should be hopefully a product person. And Kristen, you also mentioned that it would be great if one of the founders was also, you know, the first salesperson. I think, you know, people can do marketing. I think a lot of times uh, maybe a common mistake is that founders, they push like quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, doing marketing to when they hire someone. But really, you should be doing marketing all the time uh, as a founder. And so Mm -hmm. that's why I think it's really great to see someone who has marketing expertise as a founder. It's very rare. Um, But I definitely think that can be an advantage Um, because marketers understand that to build an audience takes time and it takes a lot of consistency and effort. You can't just turn on marketing. So that first hire um, assuming that you know the founders have been doing a bit of marketing themselves, getting their name out, getting some customers or users, I think the real question is like, what is the goal for hmm. marketing? A lot of times people think about marketing and they say, okay, we're going to do billboards and we're going to do SEO and buzzword this and content and TikTok. You know, let's hire a 22-year-old to do TikTok for us. Um, <laughs> they actually don't, you know, it's not about like, what you're the channels that you're doing it's about what the goals are and i think that that's a really important first place is like what would be that successful hires like it's a year later what did the the hire mm-hmm. accomplish and then um or maybe not a year maybe it's like 90 days um and i think that can help you get to uh the type of person because in marketing you can hire a generalist someone who is you know uh, hungry and uh is you know, we talk a lot about the T-shaped marketers. I don't know if that's an expression that's used in other... Same in product, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Everyone's got a T-shaped something, yeah. yeah. See, it's a, we're all just one big group, right? <laughs> yeah. just the same. In marketing, you do tend to have that. And I think... Um, I think someone mentioned this earlier too, where it's like, um, how senior of a hire do you do? I think, Kristen, maybe you said that the uh, common mistake is people will hire like someone from Google or a big corporate right. company to be their first marketer. And that is just a complete disaster because these people, mm-hmm. I mean, God bless them, but they don't actually do stuff. I feel like they're a lot <laughs> about strategy. And I mean, there's obviously a place for that. I did say my section was going to be a lot of hot takes. I like so. this hot take, Stella. <laughs> Actually, I did. I recently talked to it. It's it's kind of fresh in my mind because I talked to a company that had to fire their first marketing person because the person was way too strategic. And yeah. they needed mm-hmm. someone who was on the ground shipping stuff, doing yep. things, you know, doing the dirty work. And the more I think this is true in all professions, the like the more senior you get, the less you actually mm. do the things. So that's one thing to look for. That really resonates with me because it goes back to the question of kind of, as you said, what's the goal, right? So when I think of a startup, my first thing is speed matters, right? And so you really want someone that's in it on the ground, building, shipping, learning as quickly as possible. And so this, you know, you don't necessarily want your first salesperson to be a VP of sales or marketing or product for that matter, Mm -hmm. because many have been removed from like yeah. the, the day-to-day just like running teams and yeah. writing requirements and you kind of really need that early on yeah they're like my very first thing is we gotta get okrs in place right. oh <laughs> man 
Yeah. And, and I think actually another thing uh, to think about for marketing specifically and also a common mistake is that people will want to hire a VP of marketing, but they will not give them the resources to do their job. Hmm. So they'll hire someone like a senior person and the person comes in and they're like, this is the team I want to build. This is the budget to hit these goals. And then the founders are like, awesome. Here's nothing. Go do your the same thing. <laughs> here's TikTok. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's our TikTok login. <laughs> and that's just, that's not really, um, I mean, good luck to that uh, situation, but that mm-hmm. is a uh, real, I think that can also really determine the, the level of the person that you bring in um, is, you know, to what extent you're going to equip them with the right resources to be successful. So um, I feel like a lot of these are mistakes, but I just see a lot of people get this hire wrong. So what does a good first marketing hire look like? I think if you are a startup and you've been doing a bit of marketing, you know, on the founder side, you think I need someone, you know, like content is going to be a really big part of our strategy moving forward. Then probably your first hire should be someone on the T-shaped marketer side who goes deep on content and SEO and and has maybe been a, a writer or a content strategist or can show you things that they've done in that, you know, within that expertise to make your startup successful. Uh, Let's say on the other hand, that paid is going to be a really big part of your strategy. You know, you want to have someone who has a lot of expertise or at least has demonstrated that they can scale paid acquisition channels at a company previously. Marketers tend to come in two different flavors. There's the technical marketer flavor, which is someone who is um, a paid person, super analytical, very science side of the brain in terms of marketing. And then you have more of a brand content creative marketer. And the sweet spot is finding someone who is can flex into both areas. That's hard, but that's often like a compromise that founders have to understand in terms of who they want their uh, first marketing hire to be. And a VP at the VP level, you'll have someone who can flex in and manage those different types of sort of skill sets, obviously. But um, I think that's also something to keep in mind that a lot of founders don't realize about marketing. Cool. And then I think the last thing I'll mention, which hopefully can be a uh, can be a uh, tie into our next section, is a- around cross functional support. I think it's a very very common thing when you're the first marketer. I have lived this multiple times. When you are the one who is explaining to everybody what marketing is and justifying your existence as a, as a human in the organization. Mm-hmm. So I think when you are hiring your first marketer, hopefully uh, if you want to put them in a good position, that is not the kind of work that they need to be doing in terms of not having the kind of support that they need. Because in the beginning, they'll need the engineers to help them set up Google Analytics and whatever infrastructure, um, Mm. platforms, things like that. And it's very, very, very difficult when you're a marketing who's a marketer who's like, by the way, I'm valuable too. Like my opinion matters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think there's something about that, that, um, that I've been thinking about recently because that first group of hires for product, we're not talking about design now, but I'd say product design, marketing, sales, those folks have to be super tight 
Like you want them to get along, they're spending time together, they're collaborating, they speak the same language, like that relationship kind of has to work to begin with. And so we're going into that, what do we, what do we need from each other? And I think in that early phase, one thing I would recommend for, for interviewing is to make sure that you have cross-functional partners in the interview process to the extent that they're already there. I think for those first hires, it's really important because it's actually those cross-functional leads, whoever they are, that are going to be spending the most time together in the absence of other, like, of other hires in these disciplines. Yeah. And I love that. I feel like we did a good job of that in Trello. I remember interviewing yeah. Nikita and being blown away by her, obviously. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the red flag for you guys when you're in the cross-functional? Like, Nikita, what would you see Ooh. in a marketer or a salesperson where you'd be like, no hire, like no go? Oh, that's a great question. Um, someone that can't talk about like in detail about a specific project <laughs> that they've just done and kind of how it went, whether successfully or not. I think, mm. I think you want someone that has in that early stage, very recent experience, like in the work, launching a campaign, if it's a campaign, coming up with some strategy, doing some like writing content on their own, right? Mm-hmm. Like managing Google Analytics to understand like what kind of leads are coming in. I, I think you really want someone that has, that's still close enough to the work that they can speak kind of, yeah, candidly about it. How about you, Stella? I think for a startup, I'm probably similar, I mean, very similar to Nikita. It's about the execution. So I would be, a red flag for me would be if they were talking about a project, but, um, you know, there there were three different analysts and they actually, you know, there were other five other PMs involved and they only own some like super tiny little piece of it uh, that they couldn't even potentially articulate. So, I mean, I don't have anything against big, big company people. Obviously, we've all worked at big companies. But I definitely think that, um, you know, that startup experience is a little bit glorified in terms of how fun and cool it can be compared to a big company. Um, It's very hard. And I think that um, bigger company people, if they want to make that transition into the startup world, there are different ways to get involved and make sure that it's the right fit and that you're not going to come in and feel completely under-resourced. What about you, Kristen? Oh, I have so many. I'm like, I'm like a no error machine. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Um, (laughs) I think with products, like for me, it's like, tell me about your roadmap. Tell me if you're executing against your roadmap. Like, I don't need to know about any other project. I'm not asking you, like, you are you actually shipping stuff? Yeah. Because, like, it's just like, I mean, you called it out, Nikita. So I feel like we're saying it in a friendly space. Like, yes, <laughs> loose, like you know, actually need to ship fast and frequently. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big one. So, tell me about your roadmap. Tell me how you're executing against your roadmap with marketing. You know, it's a very sales leader's perspective, but it's like, tell me how you worked with your sales leader. Did you share goals together? Like, what were the goals you guys shared together? I think one of the other things, you know, that I, I think happens. Um, common mistakes wise. And I think maybe this is segueing into what you need from each other, but it's like a lot of times these are folks who've been like a director or, you know, a senior PM or whatever it is. Now they're going to lead a team and they're really used to like, my team is product. My team is marketing. My team Mm -hmm. is sales. Mm -hmm. And like, if you're going to become the exact team at a company at a startup, your team is the exact team. 
right? Like you and I, like the three of us are the team, right? And we have our teams under us, you know, but this is the team that we need. And I think that you can also really tell if that mentality is there yet. Mm-hmm. Or not when you ask some of those questions. Like, um, so that's that's what I would I would know higher on. But you know, I, I'm glad you called it out still, which is like there's two flavors of, of marketing. Yeah. And when I'll talk to people, I'll say, like, what do you want? You want a brand marketer or you want like a demand gen marketer? Technical is probably the right term, but I always say demand gen marketer. What do you want? You want the person who's gonna set up the funnels and or you want the person who's excellent at brand and that because a lot of times I find at that stage. They're, they're not super well-rounded just yet. You know what I mean? And so you need to find someone who's kind of got, it's like a 60-40, like what's the primary thing yeah. they're strong at? You know, another thing actually to call out, for, marketing just changes all the time. And maybe all of these disciplines do, but I'll mm-hmm. speak to it from the marketing perspective. Like demand generation didn't used to be a thing. And now right. it's like a whole category that you're supposed to have a skill set for. And um So, and people get really confused, like, what is brand marketing? What is customer marketing? What is corporate marketing? What is content? What is SEO? What's the difference between those things? And um, so, uh, you know, you have to have, if you're a hiring manager or a founder who's making these decisions, again, I come back to, like, what does success look like for this hire? And also, you know, making sure that they have the cross-functional support because, you know, if you have a sales team, um, is marketing supporting the sales team or is marketing more supporting user growth and, and product? And that yeah. is a huge problem that uh, I see a ton of is that the marketing team is spread too thin. They want them to do everything. And um, maybe we could talk about that. Maybe actually let's just jump into the cross-functional part. We're already talking yeah. about it. It's a much more positive take than <laughs> just like, well, why would you say that person sucks? <laughs> well, I no. think that before before the cross-functional and we're getting into it, I think the um your your point, Stella, is like ringing in my head as as the starting point, which is is really the for all the startup founders out there that are listening to this podcast, you need to sit down. <laughs> and really talk about kind of what what does success look like right Mm -hmm. and I think one way to do that that I know we've all advised startups on is the is look at your founders and identify where your gaps are like where are your strengths and weaknesses with the founding team and whoever is already there and that'll be one way to back into you know what kind of marketing support do you need what kind of sales support what kind of product support because it really it really varies depending on the startup right and yeah. if you have someone who's you know i've i've interviewed or worked with really strong product founders who really don't need product people they don't need a first product person they need someone really junior who's probably good at project management right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um to help them execute on stuff which is just a very different skill set yeah i think that's a very good call out it also, I think if you are that founding team and let's say you have zero marketing or sales experience, um, I would definitely lean on your advisors, investors to help you with making that first hire, um, understanding how to interview that person, what you need. I have definitely interviewed first marketing people for uh, companies that I've invested in. Um, so I think it's it – would. Uh, Nikita, to your point, it's like, you know, know what you're good at as as where your strengths are, but then also understand that you have hopefully a, uh, a bench you can pull from to help you uh, 
be successful when you're hiring people that whose disciplines you're not as familiar with. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> what are our expectations of each other? Is that, is that what we're interested in yeah. next? Oh, I have so many expectations. <laughs> Typical salesperson. Um, I mean, I think that, I think it's really important that the communication is really, you know, open and candid and, and honest and all those things between these functions. Because again, I kind of go back to like, this is your team, right? This isn't, you know, they're not service wings of you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't place an order for pipeline. <laughs> I expect pipeline to be received. I don't place an order for. Wait, that's um, not how sales works? I mean, that's how sales <laughs> I've seen like, those um, lists. Okay. <laughs> That's that's how you're on your no hire list. See, I asked you guys, but you know it's one of those things where it's like I I just can't yell at you to like ship features. You know this is not going to work. But what I do expect is that like there's a level of commitment on both on all party sides to understand each other's businesses, right? And so like a product person and Nikita, you were always amazing at this. Like I would expect a product person to want to talk to our customers. I would expect them to want to go on site with us. I would expect them to want to hear why people aren't buying it as much as why they are. Right. Um, And, you know, same with like marketing again, it's like, I expect there to be a conversation of, you know, let's, let's take seats. For example, like if lead conversion is low, I would expect both parties to go and kind of audit what's going on and control what they can control and then come back and have a conversation instead of it being sales. Hopefully not, would not just say like the leads are bad. I had to watch what I was about to say because I remember we can't be explicit on this. And then marketing just turned around and be like, well, the STRs are beep. And like, you know, then it's like, it's just, it's just a, a, a pointing match between the two. And so really it's like, okay, well, let's look at these needs together. Let's see. Oh, what are the sources we're bringing it to you from? How are you guys yeah. messaging out to them? Like, you know, so it comes back to like having a shared respect, I guess, maybe an understanding of each other's businesses. And just like hopefully founders and co-founders will look at themselves and be brutally honest about what they are good at and what they need help with. Like I would hope this layer would do the same with each other, right? Like I don't know how to run a roadmap planning session. I don't, but I do know what customers are asking for. I do want to know what our blockers are. So I would expect we would come together. And I think you do too, product does too, but maybe we'll hear it 50 times and you'll hear it 15, you know? And so like, how do we, how do we, you know, come together on those things and, and leverage each other's knowledge. So that's what I would expect. Um, and also just like, this is just a personal pet peeve and then I'll move on, which is like the, like, talking about each other behind each other's backs is like just like a total no-go for me what? like oh no Spicy. you know what i mean where it's like i would have had my number but marketing just yeah no how marketing is Damn, marketing Gosh. i would have shipped it so i would have been a close all those deals if product had just shipped it <laughs> always product's fault it is always product's fault. It's I mean, it's why didn't product ship it faster? I ship dates are always slipping, Nikita. I will. I mean, I know this is uh, not the point of this, but I think that is a hugely, hugely important call out for starting teams, and yeah. that's a flag. You can also you can also see that in interviews, yeah. right? Like that's the kind of thing. I, I mean, it's like don't talk, you know. 
garbage um, in <laughs> general. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like, expletive deleted. Don't, just don't. Just don't do it. Because that's especially in a founding team, like that shared respect for the disciplines, that's a huge flag. So if you're interviewing yeah. someone and you ask about a project, ask about a project that failed and why. Yeah. And that'll tell you so much about how the person thinks about their contributions and the contributions of other people in these other disciplines. And I think that's just, yeah, I could not. Oh my God. That's so brilliant. That I'm just writing that down. That's like the best interview question. I love it. Tell me you think you're the best person at your company. You're not. I would like to know. Are you pretty sure you're the hardest working employee there? I'm just cu- I'm just curious. Um, yeah, that's helpful. I think on, I completely agree with that, Kristen, on, on the expectations. One similar call out is the, like a shared backlog. I think at that early stage, it really is the, from sales, I'd expect one super open to having product people, product design engineers, like joining customer calls as often as possible. I've been in, in organizations where for whatever reason, like sales teams are super protective of their customers and they don't want, that is a no-go in a startup. Everyone needs to have access to be able to at the very least listen in, ideally yeah. contribute, but at least listen to those calls. So I think that's one, just like allowing access, sharing information as quickly as possible coming out of those meetings. I think teams are usually small enough where you can really look at it. And at the same time, so while, you know, sales team is gathering all this amazing data and information, product teams or product manager will have their hypothesis backlog of all the things they're working on and why, and regularly reviewing those things together, mm-hmm. especially early on, because like this being able to distinguish signal like from noise there's just no way to do that unless we're all talking to each other and looking at the information and trying to <clears throat> kind of parse it collectively so i think from that's the biggest thing i'd i'd expect or i'd want from sales partnership that early on and marketing <laughs> marketing early on is really tr- tricky to me still and i'd love your thoughts because there's just no way to separate product management and product marketing management or go to market at a wait, 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 sorry. Can you say that again? Which one? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> that's it. That's what no, it is. Like, at a startup, that's the thing. There's just no way. I, I none of the startups I worked at earlier in my career, I was I was I was a PMM. I was a product manager and a PMM and we also did go to like it was just all in a lot of ways, you know, two sides of the same coin. So Totally. And I think this is one of those examples where people will, you know, there's that expression don't ship the org chart. And yeah. I think if you do make that distinction, then you're going to be guilty of that real quick because things are going to start looking real mismatched between all of your different customer um, materials and product uh, Mm -hmm. touch points. So I am a big fan of having really being customer centric and just thinking about the customer journey. So like I love to have marketers being included in product conversations and being able to give input and, and having some of those things be jointly owned Because also, and I see people make this mistake too, they'll have a product marketer be their first hire, but they actually don't really need a product marketer because it's a pretty specific discipline. There's a ton of value. Like I have led product marketing teams. I'm a huge believer in it. But I definitely think that especially if that's your first hire, they better be doing a lot more and they better be much more of a 
partner to the product team and the sales team. I think mm-hmm. that the the product marketer, they can be sort of the interpreter between the product teams and the sales teams. Hopefully they don't need an interpreter. Hopefully things are working real well between everybody, but that can be a big value where you know, the marketer sits in on the product conversations and, you know, not even sits in, I don't think that's, is a stakeholder in the product uh, conversations, especially when it comes to things like launches, because the product communications and the product like shipping can be the biggest like marketing levers that you can pull. And so another mistake that I see is that product is sort of going off on its own and not including marketing. And then marketing is like trying to make some materials or, you know, trying to use something from a launch that just passed instead of being really, what's the word, really integrated, really like in joint step about making sure that, you know, the product team is building this awesome thing. Like, let's make sure customers know about it. Let's make sure that it's used to get new customers and that people understand the value that they're going to get out of it by, by using it. So I think that that's something that um, on the product side, on one of the biggest problems is also marketing and sales. That's a typical yeah. thing. You mentioned it, Kristen. The classic. Classic. Cat and dog. <laughs> yeah. Tom and Jerry dynamic. <laughs> and, I, and I think that sometimes founders who don't understand or haven't worked with go-to-market leaders before can sort of stoke the resentment between yeah. the two leaders that instead of, again, having – Working on alignment and making sure that um, making sure that sales and marketing have goals that are aligned with each other, mm-hmm. and not that like marketing is off focusing on growth metrics and the salespeople are sitting around waiting for you know sales um, enablement materials and they can't do their job without it. So it's that respect that uh, we mentioned. I think the communication is super important. The alignment on what the goals are, even if there isn't super formal. Um, goal setting at a startup. That's just all so important. Yeah, I agree. So basically, the first hire in each of these roles needs to be a hybrid of all of them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and not a jerk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those things where if you're going to hire, if you're going to hire a sales product marketing person very early on, whoever that person is, they actually have to be pretty comfortable taking on all the others. So yeah. at startups that I've joined when I'm early product person I'm also doing sales also doing marketing and I think it goes for for the other disciplines as well yeah I mean you definitely I mean I think in general in a startup you just have to be comfortable with the ambiguity and like with the line just being so blurred um which I know we dumped on big company people a lot but like that's the hard I think that is one of the harder things for folks who come from a big company who go into to smaller companies as a startup I'm currently at a big company thank you very much no yes I know but (laughs) but I think like I think there are people who make that pivot very easily but I think like you know I I think back on those early days at Trello and it's like I didn't even know to ask for sales enablement you know what I mean like I was just like I'll just like I wasn't gonna give it to you I had no what army would you have done it with? Like, it's all just like, so it's, it's all just really, I would focus on growth. That's all I I know. So right. No, but that's true though. Right. I mean, it was just, it was very, it was very different. One day we'll bring Eng on to this and we'll just tell engineering how they're actually the problem for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) You just wrote better code guys. (laughs) 
So let's leave our audience with some a little nugget, a little nuggo, as my kids say when we go to order uh, dinner at a restaurant. I'll have some nuggos and some takeaways that they can apply in their lives. And remember, long term, no pressure. Remember, forever long term nuggets. Nikita, do you have <laughs> takeaways? I, I, I really, I like that last point I just thought of, which is this hybrid notion. Early product people need to obviously know some product craft and be really focused on user problems, but they have to be open to also being salespeople and marketing people at the very beginning because these roles are just so closely connected. So for those folks that are hiring, something to look out for, kind of how open are these are whoever you're speaking with, these candidates to to trying on the different roles as needed, which you kind of have to be anyway to really understand your product. Okay. Mine is, I think I'm going to go with for sales hiring, you got to hit a Goldilocks stone where you don't have somebody who is all grit and hustle, but you also don't have somebody who is all QBRs and OKRs, oh, every other acronym that's out there. If only we'd had a better QBR, guys, we really would have hit our numbers. <laughs> Said no one ever. Like it, you know. Anyways, there's value to QBRs, but they don't they don't sell your product for you. So that's mine. You got to have a Goldilocks zone between those things. Um, can I have two? <laughs> oh my god, it's a classic marketer, isn't it? Which one do we like best? <laughs> All right. All right. Here, here are my two. I can't decide which one I like more. I think um, you have to hire for growth and versatility. Um, your first hire, don't hire necessarily for what you need today, but hire for all the things that you might need over the next year or two. Um, so definitely not, not too specific, I think, unless um, whatever. That's for the majority of, of companies that I've seen. And then I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. You focus on your goals for the marketing, not the channels, not you don't want a, a Super Bowl ad or, a, you know, the billboards on the freeway. That's just one tiny thing of what marketing can do. But focus on like what would uh, make it feel like it was successful over the next year and then have a uh, craft your strategy based on what the goals are. All right. Bring her home, Nikita. I was going to say for one, it was a long day at work today. Good, but long. And this totally cheered me up. So thank you. It's good spending time with you too. All right, friends. So this has been Cross-Functional and Friendly Podcast. If you like the show, do us a favor and please leave us a review. We'd also love to know what you think and how we can make this season the most helpful. You can find us on Twitter and we'll post Twitter links for you to reach out. We're so excited to be part of the Every Family. And we'll see you next time to talk about building teams. Thanks.